You didn't need to clap there, by the way. Anyway, my name's Isai, and I am part of the Genuine Wrestle Boys. And we are kind of going a different direction. So, me just wanted to talk about wrestling all the time. But hey, you know what? I need my own podcast. So, you guys gotta fucking listen to me. And so, I'm gonna be joined every week on my yet-to-be-named podcast... I, you know, friends, family, well-wishers, acquaintances, and Nello. And we're going to be talking my own about group. wrestling. Yeah, you are. I'm my I own demo. I, 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 I posted a meme like years ago, and I remember it. And it was my favorite fictional characters, and you were one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, anyway, we're going to be here talking about wrestling, kind of what's going on in the week what we're digging, what we're hating. And so, yeah. We're just, and again, I haven't named it yet. I probably won't name it. That'll like be my gimmick. It'll be like, Isai's nameless fucking shit. And who cares? I'm just here to talk about wrestling and put out the fucking content because the Wrestle Boys universe needs more me. Yes. Did you say me or meat? Both. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm here to bring both. And this so, podcast is a nice cut. Nice big a, cut of meat. Big cut of fucking meat to slap together. Oh, boy. And so today I am joined by another one of the now genuine Russell boys, the fifth member. He is the third man. It's King Mabel. It is Big Vis. It's Nello, who hosts the Burning Fight podcast on the genuine Russell boys podcast network. We're a network now. I just fucking made it up. I love it. It's an yeah. honor to be part of it. Thank you for having me. I'm Nello. Um, God, let's see. I run two fun facts about me. Um, I run a podcast called, at work. called Burning Fight for the Genuine Wrestling Boys podcast. And two, um, I love Brooks and Jensen. What? From NXT 2.0. Brooks and Dunn? Is that their name? What's the name? No, that's like a country band. Or Briggs and Jensen? What yeah, are they yeah, Josh Briggs and Bull Buchanan Jr. Jensen. Okay. You love them. <laughs> no, you don't. But uh, yeah, this is going to be like, think of it like your Sunday night sports center where it's Scott Van Pelt and a bunch of talking heads just talking shit. That's what I want to do. Um, there's not enough wrestling podcasts in the world. <laughs> Anyway, let's hop into some fucking shit and what's been happening. We've had some big stuff happen in wrestling today as we are recording this. And you'll probably hear this a few days later or maybe weeks. Who knows? Um, depending on when it gets uploaded. Um, those crown jewel. The WrestleMania of the Middle <laughs> East. It really 
Like I was, cause one of y'all said that today while we were watching and I was like, shit, this really is like a WrestleMania card. Um, but almost but I, better. <laughs> almost better. But then the thing though is it just doesn't have storylines. And if it does, they're like contained within this Saudi verse. It really is. And that's like one of the things is that you can tell when they're about to go to Saudi Arabia because kind of everything stops. And then it's a weird like month. And then it's like, oh, we're back to regular shit. Dude, like, okay, so they did the draft a month ago. Why didn't they just wait till after Crown Jewel? <laughs> so I think they wanted to start it as the, like, as the, at the start of like what the seasons would be for TV. They're and, doing the Raw premiere this Monday, though. This is the season premiere this week. Wait, how is that? Like, they just did the season premiere of, of SmackDown. It was the draft. Hold on. Let me see. WWE Raw. Season premiere. October 19th. That was the other day. That was, that was, yeah, it was a few That's days Friday. ago. And oh, that, that, no, that would be Tuesday. I don't think they had Raw on Tuesday. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't, or wait, okay. Yeah, next Monday's post-Crown Jewel edition of WWE Raw will be the season premiere episode. Maybe network and cable are different. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Yeah. The 30th season. I hate that they have seasons. Like, I get it, but it's just weird that it happens in September, like, after nothing. (laughs) But, yeah, it's, like, this weird kind of self-contained thing. But we ended up with a good... The only thing that I think has been a storyline that has, like, for the last couple months been going on and it's been progressing and there hasn't been any weird changes or shit was the Mansoor Ali storyline because that's been going on for so long on Raw and throwaway, like not necessarily throwaway segments, but like, you know, your fucking second to third hour where it doesn't matter, you know? And, but it's been going on for a couple of weeks, but usually everything's very self-contained. Like Drew versus Big E, like they had a match and it was just like, um, Drew's going to SmackDown, Big E just won the title, but here's just the kind of a match. So they're going to be mad at each other and tag a couple times. It's like the WWE equivalent of having Sonata face fucking Okada for the title on the way to Wrestle Kingdom after the G1. You're like, this is just filler, man. Like, they can have a banger match, but, like, it's hard to fully invest um, because it's like they just don't really get you on those falsies. Uh, It's like when somebody, like, no offense, but, like, Ishii would win, like, the New Japan Cup. It's like, this is literally just to kind of waste some time until Dominion now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah we need some for secure genesis i'm looking at the card yeah edge and rollins that, that one's been going um and then roman brock's been long term but it also really hasn't like outside of the paul Heyman thing it's been kind of it's like it was almost saved for this yeah and then i guess rk bro and styles have been feuding yeah that's because they got no other tag teams right now yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just go. What do you want to do? Go through the uh, card? Let's just go through the card. Yeah. All right. Edge defeats Seth Rollins. Hell in a Cell. 27 minutes, 38 seconds. Cage match rating of 8.81. I, yeah, about a four and a half. A little over 475. That makes sense to me. I think I think it was like a, a it was an Edge-Seth Rollins match. It was very good. They were they upped the violence a little bit. There was a lot of callback storytelling. 
if you're into car crash stuff or like a lot more indie stuff, it's going to be slow for you. If you're into WWE main event style, this is your pace because Edge slows it down. Seth brings it up a little bit and they kind of meet in the middle, but it was good. They, they knew what they were doing. They're fucking pros. Yeah, I actually, I like this match. Um, that they worked their asses off. Uh, I thought that this was the big baby face moment of the show. Like, because Edge finally getting that win over Rollins, you know, Big E winning the title against Drew isn't like a landmark baby face moment or anything like that. Yeah, um, it was, it, he retained it. So it's like they didn't, I guess you'd think exactly. of it, especially in, I was discuss, discussing this with you earlier and we'll, we'll say on the podcast, you're a... You're on one side of a spectrum of WWE quote unquote fandom. You're on one side, and then our mutual friend Jordan is on the complete opposite side. And so you being like, "Oh, this is such a babyface moment," it makes sense to me. <laughs> this was this, this is like going to be like the most like pro wrestling. Like they were in there fighting the good fight, and this is such a babyface moment, and he got it. And so to me, it makes sense that this is what you would like. No, and it's, it's, I mean, I don't like a lot of baby face shit, but. <laughs> um, I think more so that it's, it's just, it's very, the, the storytelling, it's not fucking convoluted. Yeah. It, it's just super straight. Like, that's an okay. asshole and Edge is a, like a good dude, but they, Edge sees himself in Edge. He's like, or in Seth, it's like, don't go down this fucking path because you don't want to fucking put me in that same spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rollins is just he's like look I just went through Orton you really want to try to pull this shit with me um, I mean I really don't have a lot of negative things to say about this match I thought it was good if not great I gave it like a 3754 um, I think I usually like WWE matches that I enjoy a lot better on rewatch because sometimes it can be hard for me to invest because I'll be like Okay, they're building them like, and then expect some kind of fuck finish or something. Yeah, and that's so where I, I think your 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 one side of the, the that coin comes in is that you're expecting to get fucked. So when I have you, a trauma response to yeah, WWE so, booking. So when you don't, it it feels like such a baby face moment to you. You're like, oh, this is nice. Well, Edge beating Rollins is a baby face moment, right? Yeah, no, it is. Oh, okay, totally. I don't think it's the um, most baby face moment on the show. But I know where you're. I know what you're saying and where you're coming from on it. Oh, I guess Mansoor. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't even talking about that one. Oh, Xavier Woods. That's um, the one. Look at all those baby face moments. And well, I guess I was saying this just because the long term investment in this one, like mm-hmm. Woods, is always wanted to be king of the ring, but just the story, I suppose. But okay, so what I was going to say is, um, I liked the match a lot, but this felt like compare the end of this match. To the end of the main event and the feeling of like like not completion but like wow we went through that we finished like the end of edge and seth rollins felt like the fucking end of a pay-per-view to me and the end of Re- uh, reigns and lesnar was pretty deflating and i was like so i feel like if anything that i'm going to criticize regarding this match is just the placement on the card i feel like if you opened up with mansoor and ali instead that would have been the hottest start you can do. Hopefully they would have gone a lot more time. And then you could have even done a cool, like to steal AEW shit lights out style thing for the hell in a cell. Because 
Reigns and Lesnar is awesome wherever it is. That's the attraction. But then to end with this big ass Hell in a Cell match, give him 28 minutes. Because, dude, this match was fucking <laughs> almost a, a third longer than the entirety of the Queen's Crown Tour. <laughs> I will say, though, like it, it really needs it when you're dealing with, with these two because Seth gets so much shit, but that dude's so fucking good. Yeah. And no, he's, he's kind of, I, I think, like, since like Mania season, after he finally got out of like stealing eyeballs and shit. Um, that was sick too. I I love that shit. No, you don't. I gave the fucking eye match a four. I never know when you're kidding about some of that stuff. I'm because, dead serious. Oh wow! It, it kind of he found he, after it was sick. He found himself after he stopped feuding with Rey Mysterio. Went on way too long. Yeah, and I think that was one of the problems. Um, but like after that happened, like, and he kind of moved on with like Cesaro and now Edge. And actually, like, he fucking found it. Also, maybe just all the weed he's smoking, like in those cameos he was doing. Um, whatever it is, he kind of he's gotten into a nice groove. And then yeah. Edge, like since coming back, has been better than he ever was, like ever. <laughs> and it's really strange that like at forty six, like, seven years old, he's in the best shape of his life. He's working the best he's ever had, and he's doing the most compelling stuff. But I think it's because we all got to see Adam at times, and we got to see like the man behind Edge. And so when he's Edge now coming out, that shines through a lot. Yeah. And like the, his grittiness and like his character since coming back, everybody can like just gravitates toward cause it, towards because it's it's a real thing. And it's like, it feels like a real guy. I totally agree. I think that's the allure of people like Brian Danielson, Punk, the people that we've really gotten to know on both sides. Um, also, like, I think with Rollins' character, too, like, both of their characters right now feel like the summation of their careers in terms of Edge still has that rated R superstar in him, right? But it's almost tweaked with, like, this older sort of, like, I'm too fucking, like, smart for this shit. I'm not going to, like, settle with it. We're just going to go all out right now. I have nothing to lose. Even though the guy has a uh, wife and kids. Um, and I think that maybe even comes up the fact that it was taken away once. So he knows that he can totally, that it's like, he can give it up again and he will, but he's going to take you there for him. a good time. Not a long time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Just like, like my look, ex-wife. <laughs> look at uh like back, like what late two thousands ROH with age of the fall. And like Rollins is kind of like snarky cult leadery fucking guy. And he's just been like tweaking that character again. Like Monday Only night. Jimmy Jacob is here. What? Said if only Jimmy Jacobs was here. He was uh he just wrestled Atticus Kogar twice in a week. Yeah. That's um, good for him. I'm glad he's still wrestling. That's the only time I've seen him. And I watch a lot of weird indies. Do you watch AAW? Because I feel like that's like the only place I would I would see uh, Okay, him. no. That's fair. Fuck Danny Daniels. Hey, you heard it here first. I'm gonna get banned. No, def- definitely not first. <laughs> It's a little funny. But uh, yeah, I guess, you know, it was a good match. Um, I'm going to be pissed if they continue the feud after this. I don't think they will. I I, uh, I, I would hope. hope. I hope. And this is just maybe because Ryan Satin tweeted it. Um, but he was like, turn Finn heel against Edge. Like, okay, I would fuck with that. That'd be great. What are they? Rollins and Edge going to separate brands? I think. 
Actually, I think they're both going to Raw. Yeah, because Balor's going to Raw too. They took away like all of Roman's opponent, like because they they hadn't run Rollins well, versus Roman this whole title reign. They haven't, but I think that's by design, either to depending on if they can get the Rock or what their plans are with Brock. I feel like that could be a mania match. Yeah. Anyway, I also just don't think that they long term booked that far, so it's hard for me to believe. I feel like they do with Roman, like I. And I feel like they have a plan for like something like a guy. Like they have one plan. Who do you think the guy is? <laughs> and they're like, shit, we gotta figure out everybody else today. That dude hasn't even signed yet. So <laughs> it's it's Braun Breaker and Roman are the two people they have fucking plans for. Everybody else, they're just fucking rolling some dice. It's like the sex dice. It's like, all right, today, Gargano, you are boom. Backstage interview with Huh, the returning Anthony Henry, okay. <laughs> Asher Hale, you're in. I need to see his Suzuki match. I like Anthony Henry. He's yeah. a, it was he's just a random guy ball. that's been on my mind. <laughs> just um, today, because I saw he was going back to be or he's going to BWG. Yeah, workhorseman fucking rule. I hope he uh it, it's interesting because JD Drake's in the the wingman, but I would like to see the workhorseman reunite a lot. With the wingman. Um, yeah, wish it was just a different place on the card, but a really good match for being WWE. Yeah, there it is. Bad, bad. That is bad. Next match on the card. Mansoor defeats Mustafa Ali in 10 minutes and three seconds with an average rating of 6.72. I think that's a little low. I guess when if you put like a six as a as a three, I mean it's fine. Yeah, I mean that's almost like a three point five. It's pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I guess when it's, I think when you just think about like in one to ten, it makes me think of school and anything like under a fucking <laughs> like seventy five. Like you're a dumbass. So <laughs> it's like you fucking stupid prick. Um, I thought it was cool. Uh, easy story. They've been doing this storyline for months where <laughs> Ali's trying to. Teach Mansoor the way, but then Mansoor was like, I'm gonna do it my own way. I'm a good, happy guy. I'm not a jerk. I'm not gonna cheat. And they would just like win and lose random matches. And but they've always like they've just been doing this for months. And then they actually got the match and it was cool. First time two Muslim wrestlers were on like a like having their own match. And um Mansoor got that huge home. He's actually from like Riyadh, like that is where he is from, like that yeah. city. And so, um, no big pop, obviously. And then fucking Karate Man came out afterwards. And it's so that was, that was, it's so funny. They know how to like fucking get a cheap pop. Like they fucking know. Like, it's fuckers that do it. And th- yeah. Do you know the background on that guy? I was reading about it today. Isn't he uh, Olympian? Yes. But so he was the dude where he got to like the gold finals, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, he knocked the dude out with like a perfect kick, and you can't knock people out. Oh no! So basically, Saudi Arabia has turned into this massive political thing where they're like, the only reason he didn't win is because he's from Saudi Arabia or such, some shit like that. Um, and that's why they had him do the head kick. The head kick, Ali. I do like how pro wrestling it was because, like, it's just such like whenever you have brings like a star or whatever in. They'll always kind of get one up on a like a an overly confident heel, 
And at first he was like, eh, you dumbass, I'm going to beat you up. And then he like revealed himself. He's like, ah, oh, shit. And then gets kicked. I think, I mean, it was definitely one of those things where we were all like, who is it? Who is it? And he like unrobed and we're like, okay, this is this moment's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> the audience was stoked. And the audience was great. They reminded me of like an Atlantic City GCW crowd. They were singing at everything, going fucking crazy. I love like just seeing like all the the people there like kind of getting to see the representation for themselves like two Muslim like guys having a match like this was for them like everybody else gets to see kind of themselves like either the good guy or the bad guy they get to see that you know for themselves like a lot of the time especially if you're a white dude that's what you get um, in American wrestling and it's just cool that all these people. And we understand that this show shouldn't necessarily be running because of why it's propaganda. We know this, but the, those kids there, it's not their fault. It's not those families fault. And so it's really cool. They get to fucking go and enjoy something that we've got to see in live. And it's always a blast. It might totally. be like project, the best thing of their life. Like, Oh, this is fucking dope. I got to see fucking Mansoor who grew up like a block away from me. Fucking win. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fucking sick? Wait, no, dude. I fucking... <laughs> I'm so high. I thought you were saying Mansoor lived a block away from you. And I was like, oh, that's right. I was like, what the fuck am I talking Mansour about? Mansoor grew up in Caldwell, Idaho. <laughs> um, uh, yes. Right, next on the card. No, I haven't got to talk about it. Uh, I'm like, I fucking hated this. No, um, I thought it was a good match. I wish this got more time. I would have shaved time off Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, since that was getting the bullshit finish. And I would have given this like an extra five. I think they were just starting to hit that like, because it's like, I think a good, like any match, like, I mean, Shibata and Zack Sabre Jr. is nearly a five-star, five-minute match to me. Um, they just hit all the marks. You can do a great two-minute match, three-minute match. Fucking, what was it? The uh, Fuego del Sol and Miro was a fucking blast. Goldberg and Lesnar. Um, but I feel like you, they're able to hit all the notes in those matches, and it felt like this one still had like that final bar that it needed to really go into the great territory. But what I'm hoping is that this is the beginning of a singles feud between them. Because they did just break up. Yeah, because this was the first singles match between them, right? Yes. So what I'm hoping is that, you know, Ollie comes out. He's like, ah, that guy fucked me up with a head kick. He's like, I want another shot at you or something like that. I don't know. But just because I think that it would be nice to not have this, especially because of the milestone that it is in the moment, be exclusive to this show. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be really cool if they did keep going. I have a weird idea that like maybe Ali's gonna go babyface and try to gain Mansoor's trust back, and then like they go like on a tag title run or something, like because they're moving to SmackDown, and like I don't know who like what the fucking Usos are gonna do. So <laughs> I'm just trying to book things for that. Um. Yeah, I really don't know who switched brands. I just know the NXT call-ups weren't very interesting outside of Hit Row. Yeah, that was the big one. Uh, no, um, Rich Holland's interesting, but I don't think anything's going to come, come of it. But it's very interesting. Yeah. Because like, it kind of came out of nowhere. And they should have brought him up with Pete. He's like a Dana Brooke where he, like, he looks good, but like I think he needs something else still. Yeah. 
but I guess too, it's, I don't know. Um, RK bro defeat AJ styles and almost. I've just seen, I've just seen this shit. You didn't see it. No, I I've just seen it. Like, Oh, it's just been happening. Um, yeah, I don't. I really don't have much to say. I Matt feel Riddle, like... big with Team Boys. <laughs> He's like, uh, Bro. actually, I got some. Randy is not, like so big of a fucking star. It's wild. Yes, everybody knows fucking Randy. Yeah, the reaction was pretty fucking wild. It's ridiculous. I hope he goes to the good Fed. Impact. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you want him to die the good fed in the sky. CZW. Um, oh, he's in that fucking die in fucking WWE. I guess for me, RK Bro, it's a fun act. I think Riddle always is better when he's paired with someone serious because I feel like when he's on his own, he can be so much. But when he has that personality to play off of, it kind of balances him out to me. It makes the comedy happen. Yes, it's not so forced and like because when he does that shit, it's like no it's like to even acknowledge him. It's just sad. It's like the naked gun. You need Leslie Nielsen. There you go. Yeah, there's my film reference. I love Leslie (laughs) Nielsen movies. He's legend. That's that's the only Um, that's the only stuff I like in How High. Um get him. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh I'm over fucking. Omos is big. Yeah, I'm over fucking him and AJ. I feel like there's still... Has there been any backstory? No. That's the thing. Is like, I don't ask for much. Like, you can literally just say yes, AJ's like, I scouted this guy. I think he's fucking awesome. He doesn't know how to do much yet, but he's fucking huge. And I'm going to teach him the ropes. That's all you need to do. But it's like, it seems like there's no storyline momentum. There's no growth. There's no depth to their relationship whatsoever. So it just, it just feels like AJ's having to like babysit this dude at this point. Like there's no, like, yeah, there's no kayfabe story or developments for me to latch on to. So for me, it's just kind of like, I'm able to see through it and see like the bullshitty background almost. Yeah, it, um, it, it'd be really easy, and like it's like just kind of popped in my head. Like this is how just easy it is. It's just like I need protection. This guy was the guy the Shane McMahon hired, so he's good enough for Shane. He's good enough for me. Boom. And I I just want them to like acknowledge things, you know, because it's like Big Jordan, him, Baba Tunde, Dabakato, and like I get they change the names, but it's like it's wrestling. Anything can happen. Like acknowledging a name change is probably the least fucking weird thing that's going to happen on a WWE show. That's um, Did Apollo Crews go to Raw? Because if so, yes. Crews and Styles, Dabakato and Omos is probably a feud that should happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, I really think RK-Bro need new people to feud with. Um, you know, it's like, it's going to, I feel like this is going to be one of those Team Hell No runs. Where it's like, oh, they were tag team champions for 300 days, but what's one match of theirs that you can remember or feud? It's just the act that's like good. Um, yeah, and it's like not even like the worst thing, but it is a thing. Like, yeah, no, I mean, the act, I like RK Bro. I just, I want some more meat to that division, but I feel like that's what we've been saying for a long time. 
very, very long. Who does Raw like have a tag division? Who do they have? Fucking, I, they have, like, I don't remember. Uh, Street Profits. Street Profits, Viking Raiders. Viking um, Raiders, I think, got moved to SmackDown, Bob. Uh, maybe yeah. Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. War Raiders, or Viking Raiders really got swept under the fucking rug, man. Um, when Homeboy got hurt, like, because they were champions for a while and they had the weird, like, feud with the Street Profits. And remember Dude, the ninjas? Like, Hanson, Hans, or Ivar was just, like, a sexual object. Ladies love Ivar. But Do I you feel think Hanson I, was into that? Or he's like, why yeah. did he sign? I think his name used to be, like, Handsome something. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm going to look that up. Um, I know his name was Hanson in ROH. No, it was, but he was also like another weird name. Ivar, wrestler. His name's, his real name is Todd. Handsome Johnny. That was his name, so. Nice. Fuck yeah, Handsome Johnny. Oh, anything what was the else next? to say about the match? No. I, I feel like we said way too much. Um, Zelina Vega defeats Dewdrop in five minutes and 50 seconds. Holy shit. Um, in the Queen's Crown final, 4.82 score. So the total length time for the Queen's Crown tournament was like 19 minutes. Yeah. This was almost six, which means that the other six matches, this made up like almost a third a of it. Third. Yeah. That's crazy. Makes sense. I mean, I'm happy for Zelina Vega. I think she's an awesome talent. I don't think this tournament did anything for anyone. Yeah, I don't think it did either. Um, except for now, like um Zelina will have like a gimmick and like a an identity more than just kind of what she was before. And it's just an easy way for like to get a gimmick in like a, a fresh coat of paint. Put the crown on him, you're you're she's now the queen. So it's it's just something easy to do that gives her kind of purpose. Yeah. And I um, think I think that's the big thing she's been missing since she came back. There's no purpose. It just is happening. Actually, I think that's can be said about a lot of things that happen on Raw. They just happen. I um You eating frosted mini wheats? Uh MMs that I got in an Uber. Oh. Um she also gave me batteries. Oh, that's a weird one. Never had <laughs> batteries. They take these she was like take whatever you want in the back, and it was just like a big thing. It was like floss, batteries, cell phone charger. I was like, Are you serious? She's like, Yeah, I was like, fuck, I can use some batteries. Um yeah, I think Zelina getting a character is awesome. I guess I'm just like, I don't think she's in any different position as she was before, even with the gimmick. Um, that remains to be seen. I wish they would have booked her stronger going into this tournament. Um, and That's one of the things they fucking do. That's because they want to make like a big surprise. Or they're like, if you're going to cash in like your money in the bank, like you'll lose a bunch of matches. Like it happened yeah. to like Brian, like uh, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Like he lost so many matches. <laughs> like he lost more matches when he got the briefcase than like he did right before. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's like intention versus impact. Their intention is like 
beat them so that when they win, it's a surprise and everyone like is like believes in them and they're super happy. But for me, it's like you begin to lose investment. And then when they win, I'm like, damn, the person they beat fucking sucks. Like, that's where my thought goes. I'm like, how'd they get a one up on this dork? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, that's what I'm saying. I think like, that could almost be said about, a lot, again, a lot of what they do is like their intention is usually like, it's fine. It's just how they fucking do it. It's just like, what the fuck? They just have really weird decisions. And I think that's too, it's like, I mean, Vince has old age, yes, but you can only come up with so many storylines and so many ideas. And I think it's like his well has been gone to so many times that like they just, they just, it's almost like a template now for things, you know? Um, Like we have like genres of feuds rather than like unique storylines and characters just kind of fall into each one. Yeah. Um, and a lot of companies do that, but I think we do get unique things and like more human moments. But yeah, um, Jordan kept saying, so Jordan since Dewdrop debuted has said that, like, oh, now Dewdrop's going to reveal that her real name is Piper Niven. Every fucking match. Jordan was like, this is finally it. Piper's going to win Queen's, uh, Queen's Crown change her name and she got pinned i was like that fucking name change gonna happen i'm so over it. it's not happening they named her dewdrop it's been like four fucking months yeah and what's actually really funny is that like she like he beat shana baszler i didn't see it on raw but that happened and shana's been like a killer but i think like for whatever reason vince likes her and because she's been like beating people like handily and it's wild yeah, I uh, I think it's she beat Shayna with the fucking Karafuda clutch roll up, mm-hmm. which I think is like, do we talk about this today? Where it's like she that's been happening to Shayna for six years, it's and it's the, like it's the way to keep her strong, but then she could still lose. It's yeah. the it's the the Bret Hart Roddy Piper was the one I always go to from WrestleMania, and I think Bret must have come up with this because he's a genius. Um, Bret Hart's the best and yeah it's just one of those things it's like you see it a lot like with Shayna Baszler and it's gonna happen but they really do need to come up with another way that she can lose yeah because it's I totally get like the Bret Hart um, Piper reference and it's like it anything works in small doses I think you can make anything work but it's like that's like the number one way that people beat Shayna. So once it happens like 20 times, I'm like, yo, <laughs> like you need to come up with a counter. You're the submission artist. How come you keep it's like that's I get so pissed when Zach Saber Jr. gets rolled up. Not because I think it's shitty booking, but because I'm like, you're better than this, dude. So and it's like, yeah, you 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 told me and showed me that you're better than this. So why is this happening? Yes. Um Goldberg defeats Bobby Lashley, 11 minutes, 25 seconds, 4.71 overall score. Oh, wow. That's really low. But I think it's also cage match, so it makes sense to the people who are going to go and rate those. Um, I thought for what it was, it is exactly what it needed to be. It was trying to protect Goldberg's fucking leg because he's actually like injured. Um, him being a fucking beast and then them just hitting each other with big, cool moves. 
and being intense. Um, it was fun. I liked it. I wasn't into it. I know. I just, I hate Goldberg so fucking much. Oh, like, you're missing out on Goldie. No, I, I was like, anytime I think of Goldberg, I just hear fucking Bret Hart shooting in my head. Um, I like Lashley. I just think that Lashley, it's one of those things where they have no one good to really feud with Lashley. There's definitely wrestlers on the roster that could be amazing feuding with Lashley, but I don't think anyone's built up well enough to like, because he's still like the strongest fucking dude pretty much like on Raw, I feel like. Yeah, and so like the only people that you could have feuded with him that would make sense that should beat him are going to be Lesnar, uh, Roman, and Drew. But they went and they're to the, on fucking SmackDown. And they went to the Drew well like for a million years. But that's like the only guy that was had enough equity to do it. Because you put like anybody else and you're like, that's not gonna happen. Like they've just done a good job. Except for when Xavier Woods pinned him. That was wild. Xavier oh, Woods yeah. that cool singles push. Good for him. This was his first ever singles pay-per-view match in WWE. Yeah, his he last also, one. He's also was on never had his own music. Oh, that's true. Like on the main roster, he's never had his own music. Um, yeah, his last match was against Breeze when Alexander Rusev debuted and destroyed them. I remember that. Yeah. I had I bought Hulu just to watch NXT because it's like, oh, fucking Fox there and fucking Tyler Black's there and fucking Sami Zayn signed or like fucking Generico signed. So I got to watch this. And so I got it. Like before there was even a champion, that's when I started watching NXT. Yeah, everyone thinks I hate WWE, but I listen to a weekly Was Next podcast where they cover, like, I think uh, Enzo Amore just debuted. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, are they they talking about, like, when it was, like, uh, Sylvester LaForce, Scott Dotson, and fucking Rusev? What a weird group. (laughs) It's sick. Um, All right, anything else about Goldie and Bob? um, I just really enjoyed, enjoyed it for what it was. It was, we're going to get these matches whether we want them or not. And so going in with the mindset that it's going to suck before it happens, it, you're, it's going to suck. Like, you're, you're going to watch it and it's going to suck. You go on there and like, okay, I just want to see a Goldberg fucking car crash. And it's kind of reckless. And he's a tough guy. And it was fun. And also, when he went up and like all the little kids and shit were coming around, you're like, oh, this is exactly why he fucking loves to do this. He really does want to be a fucking hero to kids. Yeah. It's wild. I don't like kids. And he's like, come here, fuckers. <laughs> he's he's why is his son so important to him? It's weird. Um <laughs> what are you saying, Goldie? You love <laughs> your son. Oh, scandalous. Uh was like? Finn Balor for the King of the Ring. Nine minutes thirty-seven seconds, seven point two eight. It would have it would have been way higher if they would have Giving him about five more minutes. Just like Mansoor and Mustafa. All yeah. Around. You just give this match five more minutes. I mean, this show ran long anyway. Who cares? Give him five minutes. Um, or maybe don't do fucking um, fireworks after every match. Dude, yeah. And I, again, I think this is just like... They're because, trying to make it uh, WrestleMania, but... Well, I would say like on paper, for the most part, this is a good looking card. I think it's just the organization of it. Cause like 
<laughs> Vegan Dewdrop only got half of this still, which is funny. But I feel like you could have knocked both these matches off this show and just made them the respective Raw and SmackDown at main events. Because then they would have felt like way more of a celebration. But to me, it just kind of got lost in the mix. Yeah. Um, if Because like having Hell in a Cell and King of the Ring on the same show, just it kind of feels like almost like an Avengers meetup or something, right? Where it's like, oh, these shows are on the same show. And, and I'm like, Jetsons met the Flintstones. <laughs> pretty much. And it's like, but I get like, you climax with the fucking Hell in a Cell. Then it's like, oh, Queen's Crown. And then you're like, boom, with the fucking King's, uh, King of the Ring. And I'm like, okay, this is just like a lot of different like milestones. On well, one also match. then like, especially like where it's at, it's like the Mansoor match. It's like, that could have gotten way more time if you knocked these ones off. Yeah. And you could have just put the Usos fucking match on the main card because that would have been good anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this was fine. Good match. Xavier can go. I always forget. Balor wrestled like Balor. Um, I'm happy a good for good 10-minute match. Like, they did, they did everything they could with the time without just being like a fucking all out like in these Sammy Zane Kevin Owens 2021 match that was still a fantastic match and I love it but they're like we got fucking nine minutes and we're doing everything we've ever done and yeah did. oh but they could pull it off but you know like you get like a a shitty indie match and we just saw one at Defy where they were just trying some stuff and going so fast and it's like please stop yeah <laughs> it happens um yeah, like I said, I'm happy for Xavier. I just think like the obvious, sometimes I think the obvious choice is the better choice. I think with this, it was Finn. I mean, the dude's name is the fucking Prince. Um, so I think the Prince becoming King could have been an awesome storyline. And then I think that- Oh, and then he sings the fucking Lion be, King song. Yeah, we expected it to be King Balor, but it's like, no, dude, Demon King. Could have just been a fucking sick gimmick. And then he teams a demon cane. Yes. And the kids. Balor wears the mask back. and King wears no mask. Yeah, that's what Balor <laughs> um, wears this fucking is uh his corporate cane paints. Fucking Balor's in his shirt, science is real, black lives matter, all human life. And then Kane's is just like, I have differing opinions. And that's all it's <laughs> Um, I like this guy, but that's where it stops. <laughs> I don't know. I guess too, like with Balor losing, he's truly just a guy again. It's because he's uh, he's switching brands. Even then, though, it's just like one of those things where it's like, okay, he lost the world title match. Obviously, not like on his own doing, but they never followed up, so it kind of just feels like shit. And then I think. Xavier's getting a singles push, which is cool, but I guess Balor losing to him, it just like, and this is my own personal opinion, but it just devalues him to me. And I hope that he does something interesting next. I think, um, he's, I think he's going heel. Just from like the little interaction they had um, the other night on Raw or what SmackDown or whatever, they fucking had the little, it was Raw. Um, I think he's going heel. And so I think like, Whenever you're turning somebody for whatever reason, they think it's okay to to beat them or like whatever they're switching brands, it's okay to beat them because um, they're not going to be there anymore. So it doesn't matter, which I think is uh, to their detriment, but that's just what they always do. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I guess there are people obviously who watch each show that maybe don't cross over, 
But I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> like they're going to fucking what? How fucking weird. It's like, I just watched SmackDown. It's like, I mean, well, they have like a fucking 1.2 million more viewers than fuck, or 600,000 more viewers than Raw. And then Raw does three times the amount that NXT does. There's definitely, but I'm like, do those people also not keep up with the other shows in other ways? Like just checking recaps or anything like that? Because it's like, if they, like Finn Balor goes under twice on SmackDown, it's like, because he's going to move to Raw I'm like, I'm going to remember that. It's not like he comes to fucking Raw and he's like squeaky clean. He's like, can't believe that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, and he'll talk with the backstage announcer from Raw that's also Irish and, and Seamus will show up and, and Finley will be there and Hornswoggle. Oh my God, Drew will be like, you want to hear a story? And they're all going to be like, fuck off, Scotland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of Scotland, Big E defeats Drew McIntyre 13 minutes. 8.29. It was a really good match. This, it's like, especially going over it now, there's a lot of times like, oh, this is really good. This was like, honestly, and if you take out two finishes aside, and it just happened to be the last two matches, so I feel like, well, that's what's going to leave the bad taste in people's mouths. Those are just good matches. Just good times. Yeah, I think they did the most that they could with the limitations. I think that were. In terms of like the obvious finish being that Biggie would go over. Um, regardless, I think the match was good. And this was a solid win for Biggie. Going over Drew is big. And I don't think Drew loses anything losing to Biggie because Drew's gimmick now is losing WWE title matches. So it just it elevates the character. And, and honestly, I feel like it, like maybe this is a weird thing, but it should be right now. Because then I want him to go heel because he's been a baby face for so long. I want to see him get gritty and dirty and like for him to do whatever it takes to then finally win. Because that would be a cool story. It's like he couldn't do it for so long and kept losing and kept losing. So when he finally wins again, he does it with dirty tactics. Underhanded he, heel. He's like the only potential baby face that can de- defeat Roman, though. It's true. Like besides Brock, because it's Brock, and I'm just like, but even like, okay, Brock. Sure, I'm like Brock's a great wrestler, but I'm like more than anything with this Roman storyline. I'm like, this needs to elevate someone, and it's like Brock gains nothing because he's fucking Brock, and then Drew, I feel like, is already a guy. It's elevate it elevated Jay Uso. I think what actually hurt Jay Uso is that they kept them together, the Usos together. Yeah. We kind of brought him down a little bit. No, Jay feels nowhere near how he used to. He was like like a star, top guy. Yeah, and he was having those like big matches and like main event matches, and he was calling himself main event Us. And then his brother comes and is just the Usos again. I feel like if they they needed to do the split and they needed to run them as baby faces, like as Jay or Jimmy as a baby face, Jay's the heel. And it would have been actually really cool because then you can make two guys. And Wasn't Jimmy like nobody's bitch? And then he like the next week he's like, "What's up? <laughs> What's up, fam? I'm here." Yeah. And they say the n word because you know they do. What they look like they do. Becky <laughs> Lynch defeats <laughs> Young Belair and Sasha Banks in 19 minutes and 23 seconds. Seven point eight four. I gave this a two point five for. Uh, you said 17 minutes and how many seconds? 
1923. 1923? So for like 1920, it was great. It's just one of those like... It's an deflating ending. You want something definitive, but... Not that, but it's been the same for every Becky title match. And there's been a lot just in the past two months. There's been like five of them. And it's just been the same deflating finish each time. And it's again, it's like I refuse to believe that they don't that there aren't better ideas and that they're not capable of realizing them because Becky, like like you were saying before we hopped on, like, or I think while we were on, like you rate different things on different scales. Mm-hmm. So it's like I rate WWE and New Japan like on the same levels pretty much. That's in terms of what I expect from them. That's where you go wrong. No, but I'm saying like New Japan and match quality, WWE in wow factor, entertainment, storylines, like because they have the most tools at their disposal. They have the longest time that they've been doing this. I mean, it's like Disney, right? Like I'm not a big Marvel guy, but like there's really fucking good Marvel movies that I feel like actually say something. And then there's Thor 2, The Dark World. Like, there's different levels to it. What? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, But, like, Becky has proven that she has a brilliant mind for wrestling. She obviously has to have some fucking say in what she's doing. And I think, like, ever since she returned at SummerSlam, nothing has clicked for me. And then not only was this another like big E drew match where we kind of knew what the outcome would be already. And I think that the outcome in Big E's case, it did something for him. In Becky's case, I don't think she gains any heat from it. It just deflates, at least for me, the audience. And um, it's a very shitty ending to a very predictable match. And I think you can still have an awesome ending to a very predictable match. Yeah. Like predictability isn't even a bad thing. I think at times. No, it's about the journey. Yeah. And so sometimes I think that they, they're, they're very, like they, they book like they don't care about next week, but then also only care about next week. And so it's like, we got to make sure and nobody's going to be hurt by this. And so, She's going to do a fucked finish and hold the ropes and this, but then it hurts people because then like nobody looks good instead of at least one person looking good. But I thought it was a good match for what it was. Bianca's a fucking star. Um, Sasha's a fucking star. They, um, I think it was Eric Stevens tweeted. They all look like grandpas like or like 50 year old guys playing pickup basketball at the YMCA, which is so fucking funny just with the big shirts. Um, it's also very cool that they got to do this and have that moment. Um, and kind of help try to break down some barriers. Um, as much propaganda as it is, as much as it is for show, it's still something that happens, so it's very cool. You know what would have been fucking cool that I just realized? Hmm. So the reason that they had this shitty finish to the match is because no one could lose, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, then why book it, right? And I feel like a lot of other companies will acknowledge that and then not book it. Um, But I'm like, okay, you still could have had two really cool title matches on this show. Like you could have done a Bianca Sasha, like tag team match or something like that on the pre-show, right? Get your big stars in there still. 
you could have done Queen and King of the Ring this past week mm-hmm. on like Raw and SmackDown. And then imagine having Becky and Zelina, they can have a really solid match, but it's not like you can do a definitive finish for Becky. She gets a really good defense under her belt. Selena gets some good shine. And then imagine fucking Biggie versus Xavier. Just like a totally like, that would be a sick ass match. And um, I think it would be really, really cool. And like, it would at least give some like follow up to the King and the Queen thing immediately. And I think like, having those matches where they feel far more like a road to show um, rather than like, we don't think either of these people are going to win, but they can still be goddamn good matches and get them over. Cause yeah. again, like I don't think drew Bianca or Sasha gain anything from being in these matches. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's just, um, just another fucking stop along the way. Yeah. To nowhere. <laughs> Seems to be a permanent it's, destination in WWE. It's, it's it's literally just like they're like on a fucking bus ride, and that's it. Like that's their whole thing. So what are you doing? I'm gonna be on a fucking bus for twelve hours. Then to where? Well, to another bus. <laughs> that's it. Okay, yeah, it's just <laughs> Roman Reigns defeats Brock Lesnar in twelve minutes twenty seconds, six point five one. That's higher than I thought it'd be. Um, they they always do well together. Um, I think Brock is one of the best American wrestlers to grace us in the last, let's just say, thirty years. Um, he is often oh, like overlooked on his selling. It is so good, and it's so different from anybody else. And I think it's because he's actually been hit and hurt that he knows how his body will react. So when he gets rocked by a punch, like yes, it is a lot more showy. But it looks like he got rocked by a punch and not a wrestling cell. Um, Roman's character, he is fully invested in it. And I love it. You can tell he lives it, breeds it, does interviews in it. <laughs> this is CM Punk off in it. Um, yeah, the, sh- the finish was shit. Absolute uh-huh. shit. But it didn't kill the match for me just because I was expecting something stupid. And I got something stupid, so I wasn't necessarily mad because I was ex- my expectations were low on what the ending was going to be. I uh, I did not like the match before the finish. It just I feel like every time they meet, they do less and less. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's again, it's like watching Brock and Brian, and then watching this. Brock's not a guy who will just do finishers and just suplexes in a match. Like he will do badass sequences. He will still like do some cool stuff, but it seems like when he links up with people like Strowman or Drew or Roman, it's just like finisher spam. Yeah. And those matches are not for me. Um, I think at first when Brock started doing them, I enjoyed them. But when that just became kind of like the universal or WWE title template um, for a match, I was just kind of like, okay, I'm over this. Um, So like, I just wasn't in the match. And then after the ref bumping on, I was like, okay. Cause like you said, I fully expected a fuck finish. I always do. But like, that's my worst case scenario. I'm always, cause I'm always like, I hope this is fun. Like on paper, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar should be a fucking like all these matches can be great, you know. Like none of the talent, like 
Piper Niven and Zelina Vega are not bad. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I've just seen this too many times now. And it's when I want to see a series continue, I want it to evolve on what's happened before. And it feels like we're losing things with each one now. Like Roman and Brock's first match at 31, I thought was fucking amazing because they were fighting. They weren't just hitting moves. And um, yeah, I will say one positive thing I liked about this was Heyman throwing the title right in between them. I thought that was good character work. Heyman, Heyman just on the outside of the ring with his facials and the little stuff that you can hear him yell is so great. Yeah, no, so great. That stuff's great. And that's the thing is like both these guys know their characters. Character works great. The booking just sucks. And like I'm Roman, heel Roman has now hit face Roman territory for me, where it's like, okay, what else is anyone achieving from this or gaining from this? And we've kind of hit like a standstill with the character and like with the I, I, I think it's I think it, it's less of getting pushed down your throat so hard and more so like with Cena where it's like, he's got a like, guess. He like, you it just, you know, he's going to win. It's like, what else? Like nobody's like when he was feuding with Bray Wyatt or Ryback or Dolph Ziggler or, or these litany of guys that he would just go over and beat um, Wade Barrett, the miss. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just like, okay, it's super Cena. Like you under, like, you know where this is going to go. It's like, I mean, when Reigns faced Owens for three months, like, and I think too, it's like, don't I'll say, I would say, or God, God bless them though. They tried so hard in each match. And oh, yeah. there was, there was like a one match. It was the one with the last man standing where for a split second, I'm like, oh shit, like Kevin's going to do it. And that and was the last one. The yeah. That, that was the one. And then it killed it. But for like two seconds, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I got like, Same. and so if they, if that would have, if they would have gotten the spot correct, it would have been great. And that's the thing is like, okay. And I'm like, all right. So Owen's got a few with Reigns and what has he done since then? Like, and it's one of those things where he gained nothing. And I think that if you're going to do a Roman title reign like this, every month he should have a different opponent and just do like one of like almost months, like monsters of the week. Right. Um, but like anyone in that way, he kind of runs through the whole roster and everyone kind of gets their shot. Roman works their types of matches and still overcomes like the Okada reign, right? How Okada like fought Suzuki on his terms. He fought Shibata on his terms. He did the fucking Naito match on Naito's terms. Like he was able to adapt and overcome. I, I think they, we- they are almost doing this too. It was right after Mania and it's like they start doing the Brian stuff and then he beats Brian and like, then they do the Cesaro match and he beats Cesaro and like these cool wrestling matches and shit. If he would have just kept doing that. But the big thing is you have to have a guy who is getting ready underneath and they didn't, they don't have that. And I they think never actively build to the main event scene. People will just get wins and sometimes they won't even get wins. They just, pretty much get randomly selected. Yeah, um, it's, it's the claw from Toy Story. It just comes down. It's like you've been chosen. It's like boom. Right. And I think, too, something is like you can absolutely do multi-month feuds, but with Roman, it's that if they lost once, 
what the fuck's going to convince me they're going to win this time? Like three, one month of Kevin Owens can be incredible. Three months of Kevin Owens just makes me feel like I'm wasting my investment now. And then it's making me see Owens as like weaker. Cause it's like, if you lose once against the champion, you tried, right? He's That's the champ. still a win. Yeah. And it's like, but if you lose three months in a row and you're like putting, like talking about your family and shit, you look like a geek. Yeah. Um, and I think just some, there needs to be direction for this Roman thing there. Cause it, it started off hot and people were stoked when he was whooping ass at first. Like, it was like, we know he's going to win, but it's going to be awesome to see him win. And now it's just kind of hit that like, okay, Uso interference, bully choke or whatever the fuck it is or spear. And it's just like, again, it's like, I refuse to believe that they can't think of better ideas, but it feels like it's just comfortable. What makes sense? And they do not give a shit about being unique or like going outside of the box because they'll do what's familiar and what works. They do. They do what works before until it's until it doesn't, until until they're forced, and it's still they're not forced to change right now. Yeah, and so they'll continue to go to that well over and over until until they have their like moment between Lex Luger and Brett, where like, well, fuck, we have to, or with Daniel Bryan, like, oh, fuck, we have to. CM Punk, we have to. Those are the times where they they have to do it, so they do begrudgingly. And then they get good reactions. And then when they finally start going with it, it's either too little, too late, or they kind of bastardize it. Or somebody gets their teeth into it, fucks it for a little bit, and then they go with it. That's the punk one. <laughs> anyway, that was Crown Jewel. It happened. It was a show. It happened. Um, better than it should have been, but it's still no Roddy beating up Brian just randomly in that battle royal for a while. That was sick. Dude, yeah. I remember I watched that one off no sleep when I was living in New York. And it was like a, my my roommate came in. They're like, what are you doing? I was like drinking beers at 9 a.m. Like four locos. I was like watching wrestling in Saudi Arabia. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Ron won that big green belt. I was so fucked up. I was so confused. Like, What's <laughs> happening? Oh, hell yeah. That was dope. Tucker Knight was in it. Tuck. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Um, big news coming from Japan is oh. the winner of the G1 is Okada again. Almost feels bad. To say. He hasn't won it since 2012. But it's his Did third you know? one, isn't it? What? Isn't it his third G1? Third. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, because it's been... Two, isn't it double Ibushi before that? It was Omega, Naito, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Ibushi, Okada. Yep. And then, like, before that, it's like you also had, oh, like, you've had, like, the four guys win it, which makes sense. But it's just, like, I say, like, again, because, like, you know he's going to get pushed up to that level. Like, he's not there right now, and it's time to heat up Okada because it's coming into Wrestle Kingdom season. Um. I fucking hate New Japan right now. It's not what it was. Some some uh, dipshit on Twitter today was like, "Looks like all the no ones talking about New Japan people, uh, New Japan people are finally like hiding in the woods or some shit." And I was like, "Dude, everyone's tweeting about Shibata. I literally saw Shibata all over my t- timeline. I didn't even know who won the fucking G one. <laughs> like, 
but that's on the G1 show. When a five-minute UWF exhibition match is the bigger match than your fucking G1 final, you're doing something wrong. There's a million things that New Japan's doing wrong this year. I don't think that's even the worst thing that they're doing because it makes sense to me. Those are two of your biggest stars. I think what really overshadowed is that ending. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's shit. It's it's not their fault. It's shit. It's just, it sucks. No. And, um, I mean, it's one of those things where I'm not going to criticize the finish of the match, obviously, because it's so out of their hands and I feel really bad for Ibushi. Um, I think it's that they had Cobb, right? And they had Zack Sabre Jr. And it's obvious now why Zack didn't go to the finals. But um, yeah, I think that going to this, well, you have three nights of Wrestle Kingdom, right? Oh, yeah. You can have Okada or Ibushi challenge on either night because you can just make up a reason why, like they literally fucking did the past two years. And have Cobb win. I mean, the dude literally went 8-0 and in the fucking G1. Okada loses in his last match to Tamatanga just so that Cobb can be at 16. Okada's at 14. He has to win. And it's like, you're going to make him lose against fucking Tamatanga for literally no reason anyway. I will um, say Tamatanga like, is looking good. Yeah, he's cut. Nice cut of meat. Yeah, and not just that, just in the ring. He... he He's he's very slowly gotten like better and better over the years. Um, his style's very odd to me, but I enjoy him. And same with Tangaloa. They're finally like kind of getting it, like finally going to another level. And I feel like they've been like at a five for so long. Like, all right, finally hitting that six. They um they did the least interference out of Bullet Club, so I'll give them that. Yeah. Jado really didn't do shit. He was just there to like be supportive. It was nice. Um, hey, sometimes you just want your old supportive dad that can't really walk. It's true. Brings his kendo stick in case anyone needs a helping hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, New Japan's had a big string of just awful booking decisions and bad luck. Uh, but now, like they it's, convoluted. It's that the- fucking oh. Memphis. Memphis shit that Gato loves. Gato, Dick Togo need to fucking go, especially Dick Togo. Once I learned that he wanted Evil to go over Shingo for like a month and have the title then drop it back just to get heat, I'm like, you don't fucking get it, man. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it's just that Memphis influence is coming too much. Dick to go. Yeah. More like um, Dick for here. But so then they convoluted their shit. So originally, right? Osprey's doing the thing where he's in the U.S. saying that he's the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. So there's Shingo, who's the champion, Osprey, who never lost it. Okada wins the G1 and says that there is no IWGP World Heavyweight Championship to him, that Ibushi is still the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Okada doesn't want to challenge for Shingo's belt because it's not a real belt. He says that he wants to challenge for the Heavyweight Champion. And I'm like, you're just devaluing and making it all sound so fucking pointless and stupid. And why did you fucking do it in the first? I, I'm still mad that I got rid of the Intercontinental belt and merged it, and now it's the World Heavy. Like I don't like that. No, and like all the fucking work poor goddamn Shinsuke Nakamura did to fucking elevate that fucking Intercontinental belt, and same thing then when Naito had it to elevate that fucking Intercontinental belt, just throw him the fuck away. 
And it's like, at what expense? Ibushi's entire babyface character. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to talk about this more on my pod tomorrow. But uh, Shibata's back. I loved it. I thought the match was nearly perfect, if not perfect. It's everything you could ask for in a five-minute match. Uh, the moment means everything to me. I legit think I liked it more than when Punk returned. Uh, 10 out of 10. Cool. There it is. There it is. 10 out of 10. And <laughs> then I think last we went way longer on this Crown Jewel show than I thought we were going to. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. You just want to go over the Halloween Havoc card? Um, before we do that, NXT is rebranded, as everybody fucking knows. I want to know your thoughts on it. Um, Especially a few weeks in now. I have some very specific thoughts. Um, but I want, to know, I want to know where you stand first, and then I'll let you know where I do. I think I have a lot of thoughts. It feels... I, don't, I think it's... When a show doesn't feel confident, like they changed it so quickly, like nothing was organic. I think we've talked about this. It just felt like it was one of those things with all the shapes, you know, cut out. And then they're putting squares in a circles, triangles in a fucking squares. And they're just trying to fit the shit in where they can. Yeah. And some of it's really landed. I legit think that the Tony D'Angelo character is funny. Um, but for every Tony D'Angelo, there's like a fucking Trick Williams promo. Uh, fucking I don't Brooks mind and Trick Jensen Williams. character. Yeah, the Briggs and Jensen's the one. Um, Bond Wagner. And I guess to me, then you have like Wade Barrett in a flannel. And now Vic Joseph is in like a cool fucking like jumpsuit. And I'm like, all of this weird immediate overnight rebranding shit. It's like when a McDonald's adds iPads, you know, I'm just like, it feels fucking desperate and it feels like they don't know what they need to do. So they're just throwing everything at the wall. I don't really like the Saturday night main event comparisons. I think that's just because the characters are cartoonish, but there's nothing about it that makes me feel like that. Um, You said that one. Fucking Brian Alvarez, I'm pretty sure, and people were talking about that. Doesn't um, feel like Saturday night's made event at all. No, and um I'm trying to really like gather my thoughts and articulate them here. Uh, it feels like mid nineties WWF. Feels like Saturday Sunday night heat. Um just weird shit. Um I think that like because NXT no longer exists, and like we said, it feels like we went from 2014 2016 pwg to 2019 evolve and but like with all these weird ass characters um i like andre chase i think that shit's funny uh odyssey jones i think could be a future guy but like i think right now none of these characters would be taken seriously or work on the main roster except Braun breaker yeah and because tony d'angelo just become a santino I got love for the Hudson, but what the fuck is a poker player going to do on, on the main roster, you know? Um, and it's just, it's a lot of things that have a shelf life, but not very long, I feel like. Like, how deep can you go with these characters? Um, 
It's the mid nineties in WWE. Like WWF, like it was just like these weird characters, like that just throw out Mantar. Like, Dude, like just let's throw it at the fucking wall and see. Yes, yeah. TL Hopper, the fucking plumber. Like, what the fuck? And it's Mad, like Mad Mountain Rock. And because like the first episode, right? It's like their goal is to gain new viewers. Um, but I feel like they changed everything so immediately that they turned off part of their old audience because the ratings are down. I don't fucking care to talk about ratings. But like there's definitely people who used to watch NXT that are not watching it now. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that with the new product that they've gained any new viewers. And I think that that's the whole thing is like you could do a natural progression. And I think people like Carmelo Hayes, Andre Chase, um, Creed Brothers, I think that those are people that you can absolutely be featuring on NXT right now. I think Braun Breaker should be the champion of your Evolve promotion and have that be a Peacock exclusive. Yeah. Right. And then that's where you can have all these weird fucking character gimmicks and stuff like that. I would be more interested in watching it if it was an hour version of that. And then we still got normal NXT where people, because NXT 2.0 does not feel like main roster at all. It's like weirder. And it has a whole different vibe because when Andre Chase goes up to main roster, he can't do any of the shit he's doing right now. No. He's gonna have to be like, you want to poo poo pee pee, like, you know? Booger farts. Yeah, and um, so I think that there's potential. I just think it's two shows squeezed into one, and they need to figure it out. And I don't think that the intention is to obviously gain a younger audience. And like you said, there's no better metaphor for failing to realize how to connect with an audience, the mid nineties WWF. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing. And I feel there's people who probably enjoy it way more than I do. Um, I watch it in the way I watch like almost like $5 wrestling. That's why I enjoy like Tony D'Angelo so much. It's because it's like, it's so self-aware that it's ridiculous. And it's like, it almost feels like it's a parody of itself. And it's like, it's, it's like if Triple H was like, okay, if you want this stupid bullshit, we're going to fucking give it to you. Right. But again, and, do you think that they're that smart to be self-aware? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they are uh, because like they even said like Lash Legend was like, oh yeah, yeah, the Sopranos did like, they just like mentioned like, oh yeah, the Sopranos movie. That's why this guy's here. And it's like, oh, they fucking know. And I, yeah. I, I feel that Triple H and Shawn Michaels are aware of that they're not as hip in with it because like Carmelo Hayes did an interview and Shawn Michaels just point blank told him this is the point we want you to get across just say it on how you would say it because I don't know what's cool yeah I mean that's honesty and 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 that's why like Carmelo Hayes feels like a cool character right now and it's like the stuff that's hitting is stuff that would hit like in regular NXT or any in any wrestling promotion like you want to debut these two shooter guys. So you have them with this guy who's been known as a great worker, Roderick Strong. You pair him up with that into his team. And it's like Malcolm Bivens is the mouthpiece. It's such like, I can see that in Ring of Honor. Like that group is a Ring of Honor group. And again, it's like, I think Diamond Bind is a success story, especially with the fucking, they've been like a 2K game in terms of losing roster and gaining roster at this point. Um, and I'll say this too, on a quick tangent, 
I think a big thing that I really dislike is a lot of the prior like prestige NXT talent does not fit in on this show at fucking all. And they feel like weirdo outcasts. To me, that's Ciampa. That's Io Shirai. I don't even think Tim Thatcher has been on this show. Oh, Kushida. Um, so um, Kushida is probably going to make more sense here soon. I think Gargano fits in well, though. Like, there are people who have made the jump well. I think Gargano still works here. Gargano and Roddy, I think both do. Has Grimes been on at all in yeah. 2.0? Yeah. I think Grimes also fits. Um, I think MSK should be the group that fits the most. But for whatever reason, people don't like them now. Yeah, people were turning on them before. And people, I think, also turned on them in Impact. So, okay. They're just kind of like grading people, it seems. There's just something them. about them. But I think what it is, is it's such like they're trying to, like, Triple H is trying to, like, save some of these fucking burning coals and embers of his previous thing that he really enjoyed. Has and he I, had any hand in 2.0 so far? Yeah, I think he's back. And Shawn Michaels, like, was running it before. Um, yeah. They had to, like, Vince and Bruce didn't write the show, but they essentially like, this is the direction we need to go. You figure it out and we're going to okay it. I think they've kind of stopped okaying the script as much because it, there's some things that were happening that like, it's a little, there was a little more wrestling, like kind of in the last couple ones. It's like, they're focused, like they're bringing back some of these other guys and kind of getting them in the mix and shit too. Um, but it, there's a couple things that are funny. They're forcing so many um, kind of like mentor and mentee things. Kyle and Von Wagner. Uh, Dude, Kyle does not fucking fit in. Um, and even people like Imperium, because I think they haven't introduced any serious new characters, I would say. I feel like the closest you get to someone serious is Breaker, but even then he's pretty like 80s animated. Cartoonish. Yeah. And it's like, dude, and like, okay, Joe Gacy is they, just like. They, they, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They got real like news press on it. And so I knew from that moment, it's like, oh shit, they're going with this hard. And then like the Gunner Harlan, whoever the fuck, like he's like bald now and he's just named Harlan and he like holds Joe Gacy's hand on his face. I'm just like, that's not how you should introduce this guy, man. He's a beast. <laughs> like, um, and I don't, it just all feels very cartoonish. So again, like people like Imperium do not really fit in. I think they, they do, they're going to more as they're going to start leaning into their four. And also Walt, with Walter's back with them too. Um, he just adds like this to kind of his own little vibe that can kind of fit with it. And, kind of be the straight lace of the craziness around it. Would love for Walter to be back. Um but yeah honestly, I, I would love for Walter to go to Japan. <laughs> I think just like with NXT 2.0, um it's trying to serve a couple masters and failing at both. Um I think they're trying they they switched way too hard, but then you could tell they're like, we still got Pete and Kyle guys. Please. And Pete and Kyle now feel like they're both what Pete's in his early twenties. Kyle's probably like late twenties, maybe thirty. He's and in his thirties. Like they feel like the old toys in Toy Story now, dude. Yeah, and and it's like some of the new toys. What they're trying 
it just feels like they're just throwing shit like against the wall and they're just like well they're big so we got to get them ready and it just like if that's going to be developmental that's fine but change the whole thing don't call it nxt don't like have it like be with that do something completely different because what it grew to be and what people expect out of that brand isn't what we're going to get ever again at least with what how things are right now completely and I think one of the worst things is the 2.0 shit. Like it's such a WWE thing where they have to just, they, you can't ever say it naturally, you know? Yep. And um, so when you hear 2.0 50 times a fucking episode, um, I will also say this, the women's division is so bad now. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's, it's compared to what it was a year ago. Oh yeah, like they I, took he took Tony Tegan shots to do nothing with these people. Um, and I, um, I, I think what it is is that they lost so many people, and it, except where last time they had, like the last couple times they've had like mass exoduses like this, they at least had uh, like a person to carry it. So like the first time they had Bailey, she was at least there to carry everything. And that made had, it still interesting. Yeah, and then they had Asuka. It's just like after it's been raided, um, they didn't have anybody. No, and Raquel is, I think, let me see this lineage. I want to say the worst champion. Ember Moon, probably. Paige, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, Ember. Um, let me see Ember's matches. Because Ember like couldn't beat Oscar, and then Ember Oscar then left without losing. Ember beat Sonya Shayna. Oh yeah, that probably wasn't a great reign. Um, Shayna Kyrie, Shayna Rhea, Charlotte, Heo, Raquel. Yeah, I, mean, I would say that Raquel is worse than fucking Ember. I would say Ember's worse just because at least the Rhea matches with Raquel before were cool. And like Raquel her- was a champion, right? Yeah, but at least it was fun. That's all I got. It was fun. Um, but yeah, I'm just and like they just don't Eo, have that. They don't have that person. They position like Eo couldn't do anything more as the champion, so she kind of had to step aside. So she really should have gone up. But I think they wanted to try to establish these other belts. And, and that's so. like when Eo, someone like Eo or Champa, and those people don't go up. It's starting to make me feel like they don't see anything in them long term because whoever they see as main roster talent is like gonna go to the fucking main roster. And so like what I feel like is they're being like, we just don't see it long term. Because maybe the only two people I would even believe have any say about them staying next to would be Chomp and Gargano. Other than that, I think everyone is in the claw machine, right? Yep. So when EO never goes up, I'm like, how much longer is she going to be here? And then like, is she just going to float in NXT forever? And like, that doesn't get me excited about her long-term character. That doesn't make me invest in her more. I just start fantasy booking her in other promotions and shit like that. Cause I'm like, if they're not going to have an invested interest, that seems like a parent. It's really hard for me. to. I will, invest as well. I will say at least in, like with the women's division and WWE, I feel like you have more of a shot just because the with the roster split, they're just like a lot less of a talent pool. And so like somebody that was kind of just randomly claw machined out was Nikki Cross. 
And then it just like she's just really good, so it worked. And like now she's a like now she's a thing. And I feel like yeah. that can happen with a lot of people. Like fucking like Carmela, like I don't like her, but she was just kind of like randomly brought up, and then it's like oh like now she's a thing. And I'm like, if you can draft up a Leah, like what the fuck is wrong with Io Shirai? Um, and even drafting up a Leah, I'm like. Y'all already like the entire women's division is already pin takers. So like you don't need any jobbers, dude. That's you like dude. literally everyone outside of the horse women and Bianca eats fucking pins. Like it's I don't know, tums and they got a tummy ache. Uh that was horrible. The Noah N1 victory finals, Stuart Fulton, the commentator, was like, This this is more kicks than a sneaker factory. More strikes in a matchbox. And I was like so pumped. It was it's great. Like, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn right. Um, do you want to go through the card, make predictions real quick? And then I probably got to go to bed after that. But yeah. Love to hear your predictions. Okay. Um, Halloween Havoc. This coming Tuesday. So far for the card, we have a WWE NXT. Okay. This pissed me off. Um having a match to determine who gets to spin the wheel, even though there's no fucking advantage to spinning the wheel. You got to make a deal. It's just so like, it's been like, Hey, uh, no, it's, I don't even need to make a fucking metaphor. It just sucked. Um, triple threat, scare away to hell ladder match. Um, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark as the champions. It bothers me when people never make a name. Like, obviously, they don't need to, but even just as like a WWE loves to brand everything except tag teams, I feel like. That is very true. They really don't care about that. Like, they're just like, ah, these people are going to be together for a fucking month. Fuck it. Uh, you, um, it's whatever your name is. Just go out there. Thank you. <laughs> Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. I literally have no clue who that is. And Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I also have no clue who JC Jane is. I've still never seen these people. Um, Persia Parada was um, an Australian wrestler and she's like six foot and jack. She's actually really sick. Um, That's like her and Indy actually did like like wrestle together in Australia. Oh, she's in PWA. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was really good. Um, Steph Delander. Okay. And then um, JC Jane, just somebody, just a person. I don't know who they are. Um, this match should be, a, I'm scared. It's a ladder match with, I think, people who shouldn't be in a ladder match. So we're going to see so something. Kelly, dude. We're going to see some shit because that's like one of the bad things about them being still branded NXT. It's like, we're used to some shit. And so they got to do something cool. Um, JC Jane was a big evolved person. Ugh. All right, who do you think's winning? Um, probably Toxic Attraction. I'll go with them too. Um, yeah. All right, NXT tag team title match: MSK versus Imperium. I think Walter's coming back, and Imperium's taking it. What or, does Walter do? I don't know. Actually, just thinking about it, this how cut fucking the Imperium dudes look. And then if Walter is moving to the States, they might just move that act to the main roster and be like a surprise thing. They're an easy main. They're such an easy main roster act that Vince would get. 
I'm going to be so bummed if Walt, like, I think nothing will bum me out more than if Walter landed on the main roster because my only frame of reference is him getting beat in two minutes in Survivor Series. And I think that Walter needs to be booked like Roman for it to work, but he will not get that booking. I think I, that he's going to become like a brawn. I, I think that Walter would pro- I, is going to honestly end up like a Shane, which isn't bad. He missed that a lot. But and it's also like, do we want to see Walter that much? I love Walter, but part of the reason we love Walter is because he's like such a shows up when he wants to. Yeah. I don't need to see him like on Raw every week wrestling like exactly. fucking Madcap Moss or something. And I don't want to be seeing fucking six minute Walter TV matches. I like, kind of do. If they're Walter matches, I'm into it. Exactly. Um, I'm going to go with MSK just because I feel like they're in the midst of a character turn. Yeah. They're going to continue their reign. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Mandy Rose. Spin the wheel, make the deal match. I think that uh, um, they're going to win. Like uh, Mandy's going to win. Like Toxic Attraction's going to have all the gold. Wow. Mandy Rose, NXT Women's Champion. The reason, just the reason I think that is because it's like every fucking commercial is just them like, Fucking like, look at how hot they are. NXT 2.0. Come look at babes. That's like what their commercials seem like. It's like, that's it. It's just like them looking at Mandy Rose and like Gigi Dolan licks her hand. And then JC Jane's like, I'm JC Jane. <laughs> she's the X Pac of the group. Yeah. Um, like, and JC Jane, she's like, hello, everybody. <laughs> me. Like what Priscilla Kelly and like Mandy Rose are like, washing a car with just their bodies and then jc jane's like on the side like hey guys <laughs> like holding the sign but just like normal yeah oh, just in, <laughs> in a poncho um can't hear you oh can you hear me no this happened can you hear me i can hear you but it's just that the audio quality went to poop oh can you still hear me i can hear you Okay, I don't know what happened. Sorry. Well, let's close it out. The big one. This is, I'm actually really interested to see. Champa versus Breaker. I'm very interested in this because I want to know what they're going to do. Like, do they actually pull the trigger? Or is it just like a kind of a fresh coat of paint, but it's like the same color of the paint as before? So I'm very, I'm very interested. I don't think Champa gains. I don't think Champa belongs in this new NXT. I don't don't think he has. He does not fit out. So I I think actually just kind of thinking about it, some of the reason why these people don't fit in is that the older NXT felt grittier. And this feels so shiny. Like Kyle's a gritty guy and Pete's gritty. And Thatcher, they're grittier. Like kind of like a little bit more. I want to be like real characters. That's why Diamond Mine really walks the line, but I think they're able to play within the boundaries on this. And that's and that's because you have Roddy, who's on one side, but you have Bivens, and then you have the Creed brothers. Yes, and so it's like that act can walk that line and and kind of cater to both. Yep, but like and and then then, on Wagner, Kyle Riley, though it's there's nothing organic to that. No, 
It's literally, it's literally, it reminded me of when you get like in college and you get like assigned a dorm mate. And so you try to hang out with them just because you like kind of have to. <laughs> and it's like one guy's like, I want to go ride my bike. And the other one's like, let's lift a log. <laughs> it's pretty fucking spot on. Um, I think you pull the trigger on breaker and just, because I think the reason you have Ciampa win it in that, um, in the vacant match, I think the reason why Joe was set up, if they were going to change NXT, was to have someone that is a reputable champion that can drop the belt yeah. and it, have it mean something. Because I feel like if they were going to try to rebrand, right, and put someone else over, new over, knowing that they were going to rebrand, you would have put it on anyone but Ciampa. But they put it on the guy who's been already been champion. If you beat him, it means something. And then that way, the other guys don't have a one-month-long title reign. Yeah. Uh, but I also predicted Ibushi winning the first double Wrestle Kingdom, and he lost both nights. So who the fuck knows? That's true. I remember talking about, like, for 30 minutes why it made sense. And then it just nothing I said happened. <laughs> um. Yeah, anything else you want to chat about? This was fun. Yeah, this was this was cool. It's like good match show, but we didn't have a match. Yeah, it's honestly better. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, this was it. Uh, this is just kind of what I wanted my show to be. It's a little bit more kind of serious wrestling talk. I feel the Wrestle Boys um, don't necessarily watch wrestling as much <laughs> weekly. And then... Um, it's more, you know, there's a lot of shit going on. Bret Hart shows up from time to time. So this is just, I wanted like the kind of talking heads sports show, but about wrestling, brother. Yeah. I would love to come back. Have me whenever uh, you want. I will. I will probably have you back. Probably more, more than you would probably want to be. I'm down. You'll get those texts, dude. We wanna, what are you doing later? And then, yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, rate, review, subscribe if you like this stuff. Again, this is going to be very wrestling heavy stuff. Not as much of the fun and fucking games. It's more just talking about the fucking shit. Shooting. We're shooting, brother. It's going to be this three hour Mojo Raleigh shoot I need to fucking finish. I'm like 20 minutes away from finally finishing a Mojo Raleigh shoot interview. Jesus. It's taken me a couple weeks. <laughs> but he's oh, an interesting guy. But that's another, that's another fucking day. But Thank you, Nella, for coming on. Check out Burning Fight on this same network that this is going to be coming out on. Again, I don't have a name for this. I do have a theme song. Yes, it is the one from the fantasy thing. So, hell yeah. Nice. All right. Bye. Later. Bye.